0: Why do I feel so lonely? Gosh, this is one of the topics closest to my heart, dare I say. (laughs) Alright, let's get on with it. When we think about what might have been lost on the way to becoming modern, we are liable to think about mealtimes, how seldom they now take place communally how rare it is for the whole families to gather, how much technology can intrude. In paintings of communal meals that reflect the older way of doing things, we can appreciate how all ages used to come together around the table, what a joy the home prepared food was and how welcoming the atmosphere seems to have been. Even the family horse might have been invited to join in. Modernity is surely a lonelier place than the world had preced- than the world that preceded it. The question is why? Frozen dinners are an easy target, but these precisely engineered trees are more likely to be symptoms of our unease about the solitude than causes of alienation in themselves. It isn't ultimately technology, cars, cities or screens that have made us lonely. It is an identifiable set of ideas. Being on one's own doesn't have to be problematic, demeaning or say anything sinister about one's character. Yet we have in a variety of ways made this the firm equation. Loneliness does not arise because one happens to be physically isolated. It is caused when our culture encourages to feel a sense of shame at being so. We have rendered ourselves lonely first and first and foremost because of certain stories we have started to tell ourselves about what loneliness really means. Most eras before our own knew that solitude did not, per se, have to be a sign of wretchedness or deficiency. There are ways of being one's own that could be filled with honor and an impression of communion with what is noble and sincere. Physical isolation could be accompanied by a strong sense of connection with a God a fictional person in a book, a piece of music or a quieter part of one's own mind. One could be alone and at the same time not feel isolated or damned just as one might be surrounded by family and yet feel painfully unseen and unheard. Romanticism didn't just make single single people feel freakish. It massively increased the pressure on anyone already in a couple who couldn't lay claim to extreme contentment with their partner. It made those who were merely quietly muddling along and politely putting up with some less than ideal habits and routines feel lonelier and more cursed than they had ever done. For most of history, no one had expected couples to be very content. Forbearance and compromise had been praised as the true achievements. One was doing very well indeed if one managed not actively to despise one's partner, despise one, despise one's partner after a few decades. But under the new influence of romanticism, anything but perpetual ecstatic transport appeared to be a violation of the ground rules of existence. One wasn't meant to be in the business of merely tolerating a person. Settling with someone because they were, all things considered, really not so bad because it was convenient, because they had a kind face at least from one angle and a sometimes friendly manner all of this became a heresy. Romanticism trapped the human race in a double bind by framing singlehood as psychologically impossible. It encouraged us to panic and accept marriage proposals that it would have been wiser to resist but at the same time By suggesting that ongoing fascination and bliss were the norm within every decent relationship, it made the vast majority of couples feel as if they had somewhere along the line gone very badly wrong. And well, (laughs) to make matters worse, the modern world not only made it mandatory to have a partner, it made it feel essential to have a vibrant gang of friends and to enjoy seeing them regularly at parties. Opportunities for large-scale socializing grew with the development of electric lighting, restaurants, dance halls, and bars. Weekends were newly devoted to going out, and an otherwise unknown form of anxiety began to grow. If, As Sunday evening approached, one realized one had nowhere in particular to go in the fun-filled city. An empty diary became an emblem of deformity. In 1921, Carl Jung, In his book, Psychological Types had introduced the terms extroverted and introverted to divide humanity. The former referred to a sort of person who could best realize their potential in the company of others. The latter were those who needed to move away from crowds and idle chatter in order to regain their integrity. Everyone possesses both mechanisms, wrote Jung, but it was evident where the spirit of the age resided. The modern world belongs to the extroverts, unfortunately, Fortunately for some of you. <laughs> While the introverts were left at home to feel as if what they most enjoyed, being by themselves, was a disease. It was of course nothing of the sort, but in order to feel less lonely, we don't, most of us, need to be pushed into going out again or given yet more encouragement to track down perfect lovers. We need society to change its stories about what solitude can mean. We need to shift the associations we have given away from failure and freakishness towards depth and discernment. Feeling that one doesn't want to stand in a loud room chatting with people, that one wants to have a simple meal on one's own for fuck's sake, that one wants to be left with a pad of paper, that one wants to walk in nature. There are no, no, no signs of madness whatsoever. They are primary evidence of a complex and rewarding mental interior. We should feel proud to be the descendants and spiritual twins of the people in the great solitary works of art. We should dare to believe that we are in solitude not because we are ill, but because we are noble of spirit. Because our ideals of sociability are higher than anything our world is able to provide. We don't hate company. It is just that we would prefer to stay home rather than accept, rather than accept the counterfeit tokens of community presently on offer. The way to make people less, the way to make people feel less alone isn't to pull them out of their musings in the forest or in the diner, in the library or the dessert and force them to go bowling. It is to reassure them that being alone is not a sign of failure. To lessen modern, modernity's crisis of loneliness, we need for solitude to be rehabilitated and for singlehood to regain its dignity. There is nothing catastrophic about eating dinner. Many dinners on our own. The Swanson TV dinners might have been capable of improvement, but it is ultimately far better to be eating a basic meal in peace than to be in a ballroom surrounded by false smiles and oppressive judgments when we do so we aren't in we aren't in fact on our own at all we are as modernity has failed to remind us dining with some of the finest most elevated spirits who have ever lived we are though ostensibly by ourselves in the very best company thank you so much for listening